Good afternoon, good morning, I've got it back to front. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome to episode 8 of the Inside Out Effect podcast. Uh, I'm your host Stephen Jakes and uh, I'm a neuro reboot technician and a therapist and I use the DTO system uh, which was actually created by the alongside me, the wonderful, the gorgeous, the bearded, the inspirational Jonathan Shaw. So hello Jonathan, how are you? Hello Steve, I'm good mate. Thank you. How yeah. are you? I'm I like the bearded, I've not heard the bearded before. Bearded, the bearded, yeah. it's, it's, it's new. You're, yeah. you're bearded as well now. I am so actually getting You are bearded, yeah. yeah I know, you yes. prefer, uh, we've got a guest with us who prefers it as well, but he, we'll introduce him in a minute. So yeah, so the weather's great, uh, there's not a cloud in the sky here in sunny Essex. And today, as promised uh, in our last podcast, we we're going to talk about grief and um, and how that affects us. And so we called this uh, this particular podcast uh, Grief Decoded. And so in this podcast, we'll be discussing uh, grief in a bit more detail. And in particular, uh, we'll be covering the two myths uh, about grief, uh, the cost of holding on to your grief, and obviously the real cause of why we hang on to our grief. Um, and that we'll be covering that with Jonathan in a minute. But before we actually uh, go into the content or the body of the uh, of the podcast, uh, we've got a little bit of a treat here today because um, we've got a guest who's coming, um, who's the, I like to call him the Michelangelo of copywriting. Um, he's also a podcaster and also a very, very good friend of mine that um, over the last year I've developed a, a very good friendship with him and a good relationship. So I'd like to introduce Adela Marcy. So hello, Adel. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And uh, part, glad to be part of the bearded group today. All three <laughs> yeah, of us are bearded. Yeah, we are all bearded. We're all bearded. Yeah, we're all bearded. Different stages of like growth. It's like I've got kind of like the whole like dark beard going. We've got... Um, Jonathan kind of like slowly fitting into the grey, and then we got Stephen just like going, yeah, it's going straight on salt on this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, with a little pepper as well. There's a little pepper in there. There is a little bit of pepper in there. I, I'm going for the cross between Jesus and Santa in his early twenties. <laughs> yeah, pretty that's, much. That's, my, that's where I'm going with this. So, yeah. it's Jesus clause basically. Yes, yeah, so that's a Jesus clause. Are you shortened it? See, massive copyright brain. Yeah, he just that's... took the whole joke and really shortened it into that really succinct. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that now. I'm gonna put it on my website. I'm yeah. Jesus clause. Jesus, that's fantastic. Jesus I like it. Excellent. Okay, so anyway, so um, I've had the pleasure of working with Adol, like I said, for about the last year. We both shared, uh, I was involved in the Reboot program, which we which we do with our friend Greg, that all three of us have done the program. Yeah, um, you were actually at mine as well. Yeah, you, I helped. You, you were in the person that helped me with mine. Yeah, I helped you with your first, with Reboot, and I'd only just finished that after about uh, a, week. a week, I think, and then I helped yeah. you with yours. So, uh, yeah, so that was really interesting, and then over, like I said, over a period of time, I've developed a good friendship with Adol, and Adol's helping us with our new business launch of uh, Inside Out Effect with the copywriting and the marketing he's very very good and I recommend his services to anybody that's listening but that's not really why we're here yeah that's not the reason that's we're not here. the reason why we're here so um, so so I'm um, obviously um, you've allowed me to into your world and um, obviously the we, we use the I use the DTO system uh, helping many people with their problems ranging from depression anxiety all different you know issues uh, using Jonathan's DTO system that he's developed and um, so, obviously, I would like just to, to, you know, for you to maybe share one or two of your experiences um, with uh, the results of what we've been doing and working together. Because I think, well, I get the impression that a lot of people may not quite understand what it is we, we do, how it works, and what impact it actually has. And actually, that, it, that what we do is actually possible. Uh, it's yeah. very hard for people to comprehend exactly what it is. Uh, I think you probably have the same 
That is the biggest problem to 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 recognise that actually what we do is possible because of what we get taught. Yeah. Uh, that that you have to live with your problems, or you have to be stuck with your problems, or you can't change your thoughts. You yeah. can't change how you feel about something. It's yeah. not possible. Yeah. So when you try and explain that it is possible to somebody, naturally their their yeah. beliefs in their head get challenged quite a bit, and, yeah. and it, they're kind of like, well, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Facebook itself. I mean, just if you go through Facebook alone, just the memes that you get of all of this anxiety and depression is real, and it's a disease, and all of this. The problem problem with those is is that that actually keeps people stuck and think that they're going to have it for the rest of their life and it's who they are and they've got it and they're never going to get rid of it and ultimately with the system that you've developed totally and utterly uh, debunks that because we're healing people with anxiety and depression all the time every day yes. trauma and all the rest of it so uh, so we're going to move on to Adel so welcome Adel so um, yeah so just you know just share with the viewers really your experiences and tell them about yourself and well, I'll actually just jump right in because, again, this episode is titled Grief Decoded. So I'm yeah. going to give two stories. One that isn't grief, uh, one that is to do with my own personal thing that I went through with you. Yeah. And the other is actually when it actually solidified the belief. Now, so for me, I already know that it worked. I knew it worked the first time we did it because, well, the weird, like, I'm very, very uh, visual. So the weird um, descriptions I gave you of what I was seeing when I went into that visual cortex for myself, you're like, seriously, pink? pink lemonade that, that's yeah. what you're seeing <laughs> that's right yeah on, so, so it's kind of weird because it actually has to do with the grief um now just very quickly i know you guys are going to be talking more about grief in the sense of i'm assuming loss of people or like that or is it going to be like grief as in like just generally grief uh, well grief covers many things it's yeah. always it can be loss of a loved one you know it can be loss of a pet it can be just the breakup of a relationship yeah, yeah. Relationship. It, it, it actually generally feels all the same There's nothing, you can't actually tell the difference when you're experiencing the grief oh yeah so like one of the things that Stephen really helped me out with was um, so the one that's for me the story that's okay to share with you guys the experience I had was uh, <laughs> getting over an ex um, but not so much in that way it was more rooted in the self esteem yeah. arena of like feeling like I'm not worthy and, um, yeah, so it, that really hit me. So right away with like not feeling worthy, followed up by me and you having that discussion that, Hey, what if, uh, this is much deeper? What's the linchpin to it? Yeah. And I think we went all the way back down to me being at four years old, running onto the swing set being chastised by, uh, well, the jungle gym being chastised. That's by my right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can talk about that and there is no emotional reaction to it. I and mean, like yeah. Jonathan's looking at me right now and I'm very <laughs> aware because before this I said something and his response was, Hey, do you know that you actually are triggered by this and this? I was like, <laughs> I had no clue. So it was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no emotional reaction to it whatsoever. I just remember it was a thing that happened. I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then you and I sat down with it and, I don't know, like 15 minutes later, if that, it just was gone. And you were asking me, hey, could you, what does that visual memory look like? And I was like, I can't find the memory. I mean, it's reconstituted, but all I can see it as, honestly, is I still see the pink champagne leather chair. And it's not even me, just some random kid sitting on a stool somewhere is all I see. I'm like, that That doesn't even look like he's white, I'm brown. It's, it's, that's how weird it is, yeah. that response is. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's like, what, what it... Well, I've, even from my own personal experiences, of you know, when I when yeah. I first started out with Jonathan, and when I do now, is that a lot of the things, and when I work on myself, is that what happens is that you sort of fit, the memory loses its charge, it loses yeah. its emotional charge, and so once those memories have lose their emotional charge, they become very very distant, and they become outside of you, and they're no longer inside. It's not inside in you affecting you. So <clears throat> if you can imagine it being inside you, and when you think about it, or when you see something, or unconsciously triggering you, it. it it will create that emotion inside of you, which makes you react or behave in a certain way. But with the DTO system, 
and what we do in DTO and actually being able to switch this stuff off ultimately takes that memory outside of you. So now it's very difficult to be triggered inside if the memory, it feels like the memories come outside of you. And one of the things I always say to my clients when, when I think I've cleared the issue is does that feel inside of you or does it feel outside of you? And when they say, no, that feels outside of me, I know that I've cleared I've cleared it. And so that was just really what I'm saying. So it just, it just really just takes all the emotional charge out of the memory. Oh, yeah, it's really weird. Like, so like just kind of like for these skeptics in the crowd that might be thinking this, which is fine. I'm one of them. And this is why it felt weird. Because when you were telling me that, yeah, it's like clearing up your hard drive and all this, that, the other, yeah. I was like, ah, bullshit. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. Excuse my language. <laughs> I just swear a lot. I'm trying yeah. my best not to. But like, that's what comes up. It's like, I'm like, that's complete BS. Um, even when I went through reboot with Gregory, the only mm. reason I did it was because I finally found someone that understood like how my brain worked and could help me. Yeah. And even then, I was like, yeah, I'm seeing some of the positive effects here, but is it as good as blah whatever it is? And then when you basically helped me with this, uh, it just like skyrocketed what I'm feeling at like such a rapid rate compared like combined with what yeah. I did in reboot. Now, um, something I did want to say was like where it really made sense for me wasn't so much when it happened to me; it's when it happened to my friend. Yeah. So, like, uh, the story is basically I had uh, Stephen work with one of my friends because whenever I find something that works, I will, I'm just a proponent, proponent of telling everyone about it. Yeah. Especially if it'll help them. And this freaking helps everyone that I've met so far. Um, so I had you work with my friend who's going to rename Anonymous. Uh, and they actually had a lot of anxiety and self-confidence issues, which surprisingly, same thing we were talking about. Yeah, very that much. thing was... Um, this was more rooted in being uh, not picked, if I remember correctly, something to do with their class. Yeah, I mean, she had a lot, there was a lot of stuff. She'd lost her job and she had a lot of self-worth issues and she couldn't get over losing a job and she hadn't been able to get a job for a year and all of that was triggering all of her self-worth issues from when she was a child. Yeah. Was, then, she, had a, she literally, all of that kind of cl- accumulated into one big meltdown for her and she struggled oh, in it. Oh, yeah, but the crazy thing was when I came back downstairs... The change I saw in her was incredible. Yeah. Like, it was just like, wow, this is actually a thing that happened. Yeah. This is brilliant. So while it validated it for myself, and this is kind of the thing, sometimes when something happens and it works for me, it kind of validates it because it's like, okay, it worked. But then also my brain goes, maybe it just worked because it's me. Yeah. And then when I see it happen to someone else that I personally know, that I know their shit quite well... And yeah. I see it change them. It's like, it, it's mind-bogglingly yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, because... I, I can't say that word. I, I can't say mind-boggle. Mind-boggling. Thank you. Yeah. We found a word I can't <laughs> That's say. That's mind-boggling, yeah. you can't say it. Yeah, <laughs> mind-boggling. But, uh, there we go, it's back. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember when I first <laughs> when I turned up to your house in London, and uh, and, and I said to her, and you introduced me to her, so I said, hi, so you I said, so hi, how you doing? I'm Steve, I'm so... And then she just started crying her eyes out. Yeah. I mean, before I'd even, even, she was in, she, she was in, she was, and then by the end of it, she was sitting on the sofa giggling like a. Oh, yeah, because that was the funny thing she actually said to me as well that very few people, like, I don't think I've even told you. Yeah. Is she said, if he can get me from crying to laughing, I'll know it will work. And she was laughing. Oh, that was the other thing. She said that she's never, and she was crying. That was the thing. She said she's never cried from happiness. Yeah. She's only ever cried from sadness. And she was laughing so much she started crying yeah. on the sofa. That's and right. that's, she, and was, she, yeah. she threw something at me for that yeah. as well. That was fun. Yeah. It was a pillow. It wasn't anything sharp. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, there, there you go. I mean, it's like, I mean, the, this the detail system. Is, I mean, I've yet to fail with it. Um, I don't get 
all of it, all of the whole problem cleared up sometimes because the, obviously there's the right. there's much more deeper rooted issues oh, and there's other funny. things that connect to it. But as a rule, I mean, things get cleared up very quickly depending on what yeah. it is and how severe it is. Um, we won't talk about the trauma again, but then that's, that I cleared in a very record time. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, it really depends. And you're going, who's going to say something? So I was going to ask, uh, so I, I believe from what Steve's told me that you tried a lot of things and you're into self-development. You tried yeah. a lot of things before. What had you actually tried before to oh, man. If I'm improve kind of like, yourself? I'm going to like, let's list it in different ways. So just to give you guys an idea, I went from being very unconfident, very shy around people like I had a very very huge like I used to like shut my body down like you can see it now with the way my physiology works is I have to actively keep my shoulders back because naturally they want to slump over and make myself feel small yeah um so you gotta realize from that from that up until I was about 18 I started out with Tony Robbins Jim Rohn Zig Ziglar that was like my first lot then it was you know the usual mindset stuff with thinking grow rich and all the other fun stuff and yeah I never really sat well with those books um, and of course Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People yeah. Yeah. great book it's, it's a great um, yeah. book actually yeah. um, actually one of the true self-development books that doesn't get enough praise in my opinion but mm. like it's, very, it, it's a great book that yeah. actually works um, but then I went from that then I went and did like I read a bunch of stuff uh, I started working in sales I started working in marketing I started like upgrading my thought processes the crazy you thing did NLP, is, You did the NLP as well, didn't you? You learned yeah. NLP as well. I did my first me. three. I got to my uh, timeline therapy. Yeah, uh, I'm got qualified in that. Yeah, timeline yeah. hypnotherapy. That's yeah. the last That's stage. Because yeah, then I didn't go for my master's because at that point it was it was too much. I didn't have any money at the time. Yeah. Um, but in that time, I'm like constantly improving. I try like Tony Robbins' NAC or like my friend's affirmations. Yeah. Um, just everything you think of under the sun to try and like fix this. The problem I was having was it's it, the best way I can say is like a rubber band. I was trying to run away from myself, but I wasn't fully broken free because I was still pulling back to myself. Yeah, I was running away from who I was. Yeah. It wasn't until I was about 25, I started working with someone. And the first bit of sense they actually made to me was you need to reconcile the child, the teenager in you, because basically what you've done is to protect yourself as a child from growing up, you had to have this really weird exterior. The problem is that you start to hate the thing that protected you and you need to collapse it all, which sounds esoteric in essence with the three cells, but again, it helped, it worked out. I mean, peace with it. Yeah. But even then, I would still go back to sabotaging and the weirdest yeah. thing I could ever say to anyone, it's, and I think you guys would actually be able to relate to this, it's the idea of I know I'm great at what I do. I know I'm good at what I do. I'm really confident. Um, and But at the same time, I don't believe in any of it whatsoever. Yeah. And, and I can't do it. Yeah. I, I can't do it, even and though you know it. And my personal favorite to that is if someone else comes up to you and goes, yeah, you're terrible at this. You're like, oh, yeah, let's go. I'm going to tell you how good I am. Like, you really will defend your position. Yes. The only problem is... If you say that to yourself, you believe it entirely. It's like the weirdest thing. Like someone else says it, you want to, you get really like defensive. Defensive. Yeah, you show yourself, you know, how you are. But if it's to yourself, you completely placate and like downplay. And that happened for a really long time. Then I went through reboot, which is amazing because I think the first thing you did within the first three or 10 seconds of meeting me was write down your first note was unable to emotionally. Yeah, I got you. I got you in about 10 seconds, I think. Yeah. I was walking in the room. Yeah, you were just like emotionally despondent. No, No, emotionally suppressed. That's the one, suppressed. Um, And then at the end of it, I cried. That was amazing. And then fast forward to, I'd say about March, April this year. Yeah, about April, March, April. Yeah, we we came up with like 2019. Um, I was when you moved into a new, new lovely place. place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. 
Yeah, so it's uh, it is from there that I basically went and started working on these little things, and yeah, I've just been seeing I've been, I've seen improvements, uh, both drastic and also in short term, uh, and they've just been amazing. So I appreciate everything. There's something I will tell you guys off air a little bit later, but yeah, it's really impacted so yeah. many things in my in my life. Positively. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. you not not only does it affect once you switch off this stuff that's been going on in your past or in your present or or whatever's going on for you emotionally you become free of it yeah. so instantly now you've not got that running in your life so you're free of that it's disappeared it's, it's no longer bugging you it's not even in your thoughts it's gone away but also by removing that you're now removing the thing that drives the behaviour so now your behaviour changes as well so just by removing it not only do you feel better but your life changes because the behaviour changes and then and then ultimately that just the more that you do that the more it sort of uh compounds like interest you know it just gets it it starts to really expand and starts to grow and from my own personal experience from where i was um every time i do something or work with with you and remove stuff it it, i just get i just get less and less and less and less uh triggered by stuff and i'm just in so much more of a peaceful happier place and and that's really where that's really where what what the benefit of what we do does it's just when you find the important thing is it happens naturally yeah you don't have to do the affirmations or the affirmations you don't have to do the meditation you don't i'm not saying there's anything wrong with meditation it's great but you don't have to do it to maintain a a peaceful happy state there is no maintaining of that state you just become once it's gone it's gone and that's it it. I mean once it's gone it's gone there's no I can't really say it any other way it's basically like if you um, if you got like honey on your finger and like are you going to spend absolutely like are you going to go there wash it off wash your fingers make sure you like completely get off and then go okay is my finger still sticky Mm. is it still there is it okay is there honey is the honey still on my skin you don't have that anymore it's the equivalent of like what this is the equivalent of washing your hands like if you had honey on your on, on your thumb and you put it in your mouth and then you pull it back out it will stay sticky like it yeah. would constantly you feel that adhesive effect it would never be clean because you haven't run it under water you haven't washed it off you haven't done anything and that's what I would say tra- traditional self-development feels like is you're basically putting your thumb in your mouth with honey in it on it just to basically kind of like plague it and be like yeah I'm making mm. progress I'm fine and then going why is my thumb still sticky but with this, it's like you feel like you've washed your hands and you've just cleaned it all off that you don't have to worry. Yeah, about I mean, the thing there's something that's a really good analogy. That is good. I love that. That's yeah. brilliant. That's a yeah, brilliant yeah. analogy. We just you've came got up sticky with that. fingers. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. Sticky <laughs> fingers. <laughs> yeah. The sticky finger analogy. Sticky, yes. Uh, so, it's but not yeah. that kind of a show. Not it's that a kind different of a topic. Yeah. I'm scared of sticky fingers, but fair enough. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so the other thing as well that you brought, what you mentioned there was like. Uh, it's like cleaning your hard drive. Yeah. I think it's a really great analogy as well because it's sort of what actually happens. So if you imagine your imagine your your mind being a hard drive and it's and it's you know it's got all of these viruses in there and you can just literally remove the viruses. You run in, you run a program, the DTO program, which is what we do, and then we basically clean that virus and it cleans it up and it goes. It literally cleans up your hard drive and then the more you do, the more you're you, you like you're defragging your hard drive to back to a perfect state. And yeah, exactly. and I think that's that's another good analogy as well. So so anyway, well thanks for joining us. Adil, and we're Thanks going to get that. on to the the rest of the podcast yeah, now. And we're looking forward um, to uh, listen to it. Yeah, great. Oh, and cool. so uh, this is where we're now going to hear more of Jonathan's voice and uh, and his his understandings and uh, his his learnings and what he's done to help many people out of grief in the past and how it can affect us. And like I said, uh, that we'll be discussing in detail the two myths about grief, uh, the cost of holding on to your grief, and the real cause of why we hold on to it. And so. 
So let's get you back into the fold, Jonathan. Good afternoon, my friend, and I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. I am. It's beautiful. It's been it's been really warm for the past few days. In fact, it's been so warm, my clinic has been uh, a little bit too hot. Uh, and sticky some, fingers. Some of my clients have been roasting. Uh, well, the whole body's been sticky in my clinic. Uh, their whole body's been sticking. It's, yeah. been, it's been a little bit hot. Uh, but no, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's nice to actually uh, be out on a sunshine stay and, and nice be here chatting with you and Adil and yeah. And uh, but uh, no, I've had a really good couple of days with some clients, and uh, and it's been really uh, helped a lot of people, and it's been really good. Any any successes you want to share? I mean, I've got one or two that I might want to talk about, but for you, anything uh, anything of significance which you could, would like to share with somebody who might be listening? How yeah, you yeah. Well, I work a lot with pain. You know, I've just I've just helped a, a young girl who's fifteen who had a chronic headache for thirteen months, and you know she went to everybody. She went to. Uh, Osteopaths and neurologists and uh, acupuncture and doctors and psychologists and no one knew what was wrong and no one could help her and within six weeks five six weeks she's now seventy percent better and totally on her way to complete recovery. That's great. And she can now function because she couldn't do her exams, she couldn't function on what she wanted to do, she couldn't do her sports. And as her mum said, you know, she'd lost, she felt she'd lost her daughter because the sparkle and the happiness was just drained out of her because having a headache constantly. I'm sure everyone listening has experienced a headache at some point. Yeah. But you imagine that every day of your life for 13 months, that's horrible. And it's no wonder that it was drained out of her. But after a few weeks, and just doing a few simple things, one, clearing the stress out of her system, uh, but two, finding what was actually going on with her physically, and she actually had three trapped nerves in her body. And by releasing those and releasing the stress over a period of time, uh, she's finally healing and she's getting back to normal. And I will say she was very sceptical about the stress. Although she was kind of open to it, she was still very sceptical about how it could have been caused because in her head it was caused by a treatment that she had from a therapist and the injury that she sustained during her sport. And she, because it happened after those two things, she perceived it was those that were the cause of the problem. Those things are never the cause of the problem. They might trigger off the problem, but they're not the cause. And so by addressing the cause, the stress and the trapped nerves, uh, we've been able to release her pain. And she's done absolutely fantastic. And her mum says, you know, she said to me, she's now got her daughter back because the sparkles come back in her eyes. That's great. That's fantastic when you can actually do that for somebody and help somebody who's been struggling for such a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and you're really, you're helping that person get their life back. And, and it's that's so it. rewarding in, in all, in all for everybody. It's a win-win yeah. everywhere. So that's uh, well, great. Actually, I want to say one more because I'm really, really happy about this one as well. Uh, I, I just worked with, with two people recently and um, uh, uh, a couple and the man came to me they both had anxiety in the relationship and they they were on the verge of breaking up uh, and they both came to me and we resolved both their anxieties and they're now talking about getting married uh, wow. which is incredible they've gone from being totally anxious around each other and, and thinking you know or they've been together a long time they just it just wasn't working and they weren't in their words they weren't working as a team and literally within a few weeks, literally five or six weeks, they're now together, strong as a team, much more strength as a family, and they're, they've actually announced to their friends they're going to get married. So. That's fantastic. So, brilliant. That's really nice. Nice two lovely, uplifting stories. Exactly, yeah, brilliant. It's yeah, that's abs- what I love. Love helping people. Yeah. Love helping people. Hate yes. seeing people suffer. Hate it with a passion. Yes. When I know it's not necessary. Yeah, and it's so many people out there that are. I mean, yes. um, yeah. you know, I did this, you know... Um, 
there's so many people living from a fear, suffering and victim mentality unnecessarily and, you know, uh, and it's only because of what they've learned and or what they've been told that keeps them there. But actually, as you and I well know, we can literally get rid of that, whether it's pain or whether it's emotional or mental uh, trauma issues or, you know, just general beliefs that you have that are not that were not working for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, so this week I've been really busy, actually. Um I've, uh, I've uh, had a young lady come to me who'd been, she was suffering from, kept getting bouts of depression. Mm. And so I, um, yeah, so she came to me and we talked about, you know, what, what was going on for her and why she kept getting it. And it's sort of, well, actually, she believed, because she had this belief that depression was being caused by this, this and this. And I sort of had to point out it wasn't. And when we actually got into the process, it was just something from when she was, uh, when she was really young, so when she was four and a half years old. And she was basically kept being left alone by her dad when he went to work. And so that alone feeling of the depression feeling kept getting kicked in because every time yep. someone left her, it triggered her and she kept getting down, kept getting yep. depressed. And once I'd switched the memory and all of the associations and the beliefs around her being alone at that moment, her depression pretty much instantly went there and then, particularly on the sofa. So that's probably one of the best thing, best results I've had this week. I've had lots of other ones, um, but that's probably been my most successful and happiest one because I know that this has been troubling this this particular person for quite a long time I'd actually probably say about well probably quite a long time I'm talking years yeah. so to be able to remove that in about it was about an hour I think and that so so yeah so that was really really good I've also uh, got rid of a few traumas as well so um, my week's been really productive and, and I've helped quite a few people and uh, I've been working at looking at obviously working and getting this clinic open that we're going to uh, uh, be opening hopefully very very soon so yeah all in all been a good week Brilliant, fantastic. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, great. So uh, we're going to get into, like I said, the body of the podcast. It's about grief. And so um, do you want to lead the way and tell us what your, your thoughts are and, okay, on grief? So I'm just going to pre-frame this, guys, by saying that what I'm about to say about grief will be the complete opposite of what you've been taught and will go against all traditional alternative and any other therapy that's out there. Uh, and there's a reason why that's going to happen is because if you actually want to solve your grief, you've got to do something different. Uh, grief is not what people think it is. I've been working with grief for many, many years, ever since I first started this business, because grief actually causes a lot of pain for people. And it creates pain generally in the, the neck, the shoulders, the arms, the chest. And it, grief normally gets lodged in those places. And I work, I've been working with grief for a long time and I've learned how to release it uh, easily and quickly for people. And one of the biggest myths about grief is that it, it can't be changed, you can't release it, it's a natural part of life. And that's actually not true. That's not the way it works. It's not the whole truth. So what I'm going to reveal to you today may challenge you a little bit, but you can release your grief and you can move on in life. So the first thing I want to cover is the, the two myths about grief that people have. Uh, the first myth is that time is a great healer. This is bollocks. Yeah. Uh, this, this I hate that does saying. not work. Uh, what time does is it makes you consciously forget about it over time, and you you gradually consciously stop thinking about it, but it's still stuck in your unconscious yeah. and gets triggered from time to time when you see the photo of that person, or when you if it's a relationship, for instance, when you hear your, the song that you had uh, with that person. As soon as you hear that song, you get reminded instantly. One of my triggers for one of my exes was um, seeing Greg's The Bakers. Um, uh, over in England we have a, a baker's called Greg's and 
at the time I was dating a girl who was in Nottingham and Greg's was only in Nottingham at that time it wasn't anywhere else that I knew of it wasn't it wasn't in Chelmsford or Essex the that I explains in. why you were in tears the other day eating a sausage roll that would explain <laughs> what it was I was flooded um, and <laughs> but you said you weren't going to mention that, that. that's harsh <laughs> I'm going to so um that used to trigger me a lot, just just eating yeah. eggs of bakers, because yeah. it reminded me of, of her all the yeah. time. And so little things like that can be triggers. It doesn't trigger me at all now. I actually kind of smile when I think about that, because yeah. it's so nuts in my head. I'm yeah. like, that's that's mental. Yeah. But it, there's those sort of things that actually do that. And so great uh, time is a great healer is not actually accurate. It just kind of makes you forget about it and it drips into your unconscious but you get triggered from time to time and it still holds you back in life so time is a great healer not a great belief system to have the second myth that people have is that grief is a process now this comes from a traditional therapy point of view you go through a five-stage process when you grieve and the thing about that is not everyone goes through those stages some people take longer to go through those stages than others and that's actually not accurate. Those stages you go through, um, anger, uh, denial, whatever the, the other four, five are, whatever it is, three are, uh, they actually happen uh, because those are service emotions that are coming out. They're not actually the root cause of your, your grief. So people think that the grief is about the other person. That's another myth. People think the grief is about the person you've lost. And tragedy, tragedy, it's not about that at all, generally. This is the bit that may challenge you guys, by the way. I'll get more to that when I talk about the root cause. But we're not grieving for the person who's passed away, only in initial stages of grief. So there are actually two main parts to grief. There is the natural grief that we all go through, and that period of time, that actually leaves your body naturally. So the natural grief that is healthy and normal, that all human beings go through, uh, uh, comes on and leaves within a period of three four months. weeks to three months, yeah. depending on how the person, how the grief was created, you know, if someone's passed, whether they had a long-term illness or whether it was a shock or sudden. Does or, the length of the relationship, would the length of the relationship play out on that? Um, the length of the relationship, possibly, but generally it's the amount of triggers involved with a relationship yeah. and things like that and your belief in yourself and things. Uh, but usually within four weeks to three months is the average period of time that, that most people would grieve. There may be a slight... Uh, different version of that perhaps if you've lost a child you you, you can grieve you might grieve for three to six months yeah however even so that's still not totally you're not totally grieving for your your child at that point so the average time is about four weeks to three months any longer than that you're no longer naturally grieving you're now in fight and flight so any time period after about three months you're now in a fight and flight state and the fight and flight state is not who you are you're in fight and flight that means you're perceiving danger somewhere. However, it doesn't manifest that way. It manifests as anger or hurt or how am I going to cope or or grief or beating yourself up that you couldn't um, you couldn't do anything. Uh, one of my clients I'm treating at the moment, a lovely, lovely lady, her son passed away. Um, he was doing lots of drugs. He passed away a few years ago and she's never been able to get old, over it. She had years of counselling, never resolved it, could never get past the grief and so could never move on in her life. Yes. And within three weeks, uh, when she first spoke about the grief with her son, she would just burst into tears constantly. Now she talks about it and she's not bursting into tears. Yeah, I mean, I, she's not getting overwhelmed. The emotion was too strong. It was too yeah, much. I think that's a lot because, I mean, you see a lot of people, as people that, I'm, that I know of have lost people through suicides and other things and they're, they're constantly reliving it over and over and over again. And, you know, you feel for them, but... Um, but you, 
it's very difficult for them to see or for you to be able to tell them that's what's really going on because they're so enrolled in it and they really really feel that you know it, it, they're, re- they're really really living that experience and I, was, I switched off uh, a load yesterday with a girl and once, as soon as I, she got that realisation that it was to do with letting go of the father's death all of a sudden she was just freed instantly it was yeah. absolutely I saw it right in front of me yeah. but once it once she'd stopped blaming herself or feeling guilty for her father's death and, and, and having the she instantly changed. Yeah, instantly. I mean, it was a huge, huge sift, but... Grief holds you back from so many things, and yeah. we don't realise that we often think we've dealt with the grief. We often feel we've been through it, and we've gone through the the, the five cycles of grief that most yeah. people know about these days, because they always look it up on the internet. Um, and we think we've gone through that process and dealt with it, and we actually haven't. It's still stuck in our systems, and it creates lots of different problems and or then we develop a problem later on and we don't realise the grief has created it yeah. in fact I was out with my mum a few weeks back and one of our relatives bumped into us and I don't know this person very well it's more on my mum's side and um, she was saying that she developed asthma a couple of years ago and telling her about that and I know exactly what happened two years ago her dad passed away yeah. and I know that is going to be what's hit the lungs as I said grief often hits your chest it's hit her lungs and uh, hit, so hit her bronchi sorry that's my bronchi it's hit her bronchi and that's caused uh, the asthma to come on uh, so grief often gets suppressed in our systems because we thought we've had we've had a cry we've dealt with it we've we may have cried for a while yeah. we feel we're moving on but the actual emotion is stuck in our system but it's not the emotion of grief as i say the natural amount of emotion of grief releases from our body naturally but something keeps us in fight and flight and this is the real root cause of grief now this again may challenge quite a few people but in every person over the years where i found the grief the fastest way I switch it off is by dealing with this one root cause because we are no longer grieving for the person that's gone or the relationship that's ended. We're actually grieving for ourselves. Yes, yes. We've actually totally right. taken it personally and we've made it mean something about us. And the main response, the main emotional response in grief is guilt. Yeah. We feel guilty that we weren't there at the time. We feel guilty that we didn't do enough. Or, we, we or how feel, we treated them before. Guilt we were treated, we treated, treated them before. before. Yeah. We feel ashamed that we couldn't hang on to the relationship. Or we feel, we feel, we wonder how, we, how we're going to cope without that person. And also, yesterday, my client yesterday was guilty for letting go. She, she yeah, felt exactly. guilty just for letting go. Yeah, for letting go and moving on. That's where she, where she was guilty. Once I cleared that off, and then she was free of it. But and that's one of the biggest blocks of letting go of grief because we yep. th- we are taught we should hang on to grief. That grief's a natural part of life, and yes, it is. But not to hold the grief forever. Yes. Grief is a natural part of life, but it only lasts for so long. But we've been taught in society that it can last forever and time is a great healer and you go through these natural states these emotions of anger and and uh, denial and then injustice and you might get angry at god or angry but no no you go through that if you're running guilt and shame about the scenario if you switch that off you won't run any of those emotions they will all disappear very quickly because those are a fight and flight state they're not grief grief dissipates naturally and one of the biggest blocks is people have is feeling guilty if they actually stop grieving. Yeah, that's, that's what if I find. They, they feel guilty about no longer grieving for that person. Mm. That If you think about it, though, that person wouldn't actually want you to be grieving. Mm. That person would actually want you to move on and be happy in life. And if they were here, they would tell you that, if it's a loss um, of, of, of a loved one. They would be here and tell you that. Logically, you probably understand that, but emotionally you have a different response. So one of the first things you need to switch off is the guilt 
about letting go. And once you do that, a lot of the grief will just dissipate anyway. Yeah. And the beauty is you'll then be able to move on with your life and be happy and be successful and attract a new relationship or meet a new partner. You know, I treated a lady a few years ago and she couldn't move on from the death of a partner. She couldn't have the pictures out on the side. She couldn't go on holiday on her own. She really, really struggled. And within a few weeks, we switched that off. She bought the big picture out that she had of them together, put it back on her mantelpiece. She went on holiday. She did loads of things, and her, she had her life back again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember, well, obviously, I lost, I lost a child, and uh, that was tough for myself. And it took me a long, long while to go. But the thing that was holding me there for for many years was the guilt and that did drive me to behave um, in ways that I probably can't connect with now but I did but now, now I know that's gone I can see it was the guilt <laughs> it was the guilt, the guilt that was driving it. my anger it was the guilt yes. that was driving my drinking it was the guilt of not being able to move on it was the guilt of me playing the victim and it was just all the guilt the stuff that, that really made me do that and you know fortunately enough that's that's not running anymore, and I can look back and see that. Um, but it was the guilt that ultimately drove... Because it's not only is it the guilt that stops you from moving on, but it also makes you behave in a certain way. Yes, that's right. It alters your behaviour, and then you can behave in multiple different ways depending on how the guilt is created or what the guilt's about. Yeah. I mean, that guilt can ultimately also drive you to depression. I mean... Yes. You, you can become so so guilty that you don't want to face the world or you can't face the world or face people or... You'll feel very ashamed about it and you yeah. won't want to face anyone yeah. and you'll feel so bad about yeah. it. And I, and I think the other thing as well is people may think that... that it's wrong for them to be happy when their husband or someone close to them has passed away yep. because they're going to think, well, how can, look at her, she's not very, she's like that. How can she be happy when Derek's just passed? Yeah. You know, and this is the problem that we have. And so we get caught in that place where we really, really want to move on, but we think, we, we believe that we need to be down and sad and show it because that's what society or people want from and yeah. that gets you trapped. And one of my blocks when I suffered a, a grief of relationship, um, someone that I, I loved very, very much and... Uh, sadly it didn't work out but I was actually holding on to trauma and I know what I'm doing okay so I I know this stuff Um, and I was holding on to trauma because I wanted her to suffer Um, I was actually holding on to the guilt and the shame because I wanted her to suffer and and and, and there's nonsense because she's she wouldn't suffer by my emotions yeah. but that's what the unconscious yeah, does that, sometimes it's, it's that old saying it's about injecting yourself with poison hoping that the other person gets yeah, hurt yeah the other person gets hurt exactly yeah. and that's what you're literally doing you're literally causing yourself to suffer hoping the other person does yeah. as if we have that power over people yeah, we don't no. the only people who can cause themselves to suffer is the person themselves and that's it's actually, crazy when we do that because I yeah, used to do that yeah, I used to do that all the time and I used to think, oh, and then and then it's not until afterwards you think I'm absolutely insane. It was insane. I was absolute insanity. It's absolute insanity yeah. to really believe that I'm that I can have do that. And then it was the it was the it was the injecting the poison into your arm, hoping the other person. When I heard that, yeah, that's when I was like, oh my god, yeah. Now I get it. What am I doing? Yeah. What have I done? How have I been acting like this for all many years? Yeah. How stupid am I? Uh, I'll get me coat yeah. you know what I mean? but it feels very real when it you're in it does feel very real and, yeah. and for me it felt so real when I was in it and it that actually unconsciously stopped me for a few months to resolve the issue and I kind of knew it was there but I still didn't want to do it and I was sabotaging myself yeah. so you know even someone who knows what they're doing about healing things you that, we can still sabotage ourselves you yeah. know it happens um, it doesn't, was, it, doesn't it doesn't help because I think you know there's so much that we've been told about grief and there's been so much we've been told about 
how how you have to, how you're expected to behave during a time of grieving. Oh yes, and the yes. how and so ultimately you'll watch you'll watch like uh, TV shows and you'll see how they're all turning up at the funeral, how they act and how they behave, yeah. and and that and that for somehow you can't move on from that. And you know you'll see scenes where you know the husband's passed two years on and that person's still in the room going oh I've lost Derek and you know I keep using yeah. Derek I don't know I've not three Derek poor Derek he's been Derek. No, three no, times oh, now but, you're not but, yeah, out but, Derek no, no. But, but you know when you see that but the problem is is that becomes an unconscious thing that we we pick up especially for the TV I mean I said that's why I don't watch TV anymore because of the learnings and the teachings and the unconscious programming but but that's the problem is is that people have that have that perception of that's how they need to be and behave. It's like a, a construct that's been given to you to behave yes. in a certain way, which actually isn't really anything like the truth of real grief at all. Well, it's you're not being you. Yes. So, so when, whenever you're uh, in any fight and flight state, you're not being you. And most grief is the fight and flight state. Uh, and when I when I lost my dad about three years ago, uh, I've looked from everywhere, I can't find him. He's uh, No, when he passed away, um, everyone told me how I would feel. Everyone said, oh, it's going to hit you eventually. Well, I'd actually dealt with my grief before he yeah. passed because he he had an illness for a long time. And I went through that grieving process and I used DTO and switched it off before he passed away. Uh, and so I didn't go to that grief process. The, I didn't go through the fight and flight part. I went to the natural part of of the fact my dad wasn't here anymore. But I, the fight, I didn't go into fight and fight afterwards about it because I'd already dealt with it. But everyone told me how it's going to hit you and you're going to, you know, miss him and all this stuff. And I didn't have that. And people couldn't, they couldn't understand. They, they couldn't grasp that that's, that wasn't, that wasn't a problem for me because I'd actually dealt with the grief previous because you can pre-grieve for people, especially I when did that with my nan. people are ill for a long time. I did that with my nan. She passed uh, about September. Yeah. And I'd already started working with you then. Yeah. And I was already training and doing the DTO stuff. So yeah, when my nan my, my nan passed, um, I you know I love my nan very very much, yeah. but hardly had any hardly any impact on me whatsoever. Yeah, hardly any, pretty much zero. But what what was able what I was able to do is be able to be to be able to celebrate her life and carry on with my own life because you know what I've learned from my own personal experience. But keeping that and running that just doesn't work in any no, way, shape, no, or form. It, keeps... it just makes you miserable. No. Everybody else miserable. It just doesn't work on any way. But but I so just going back. I did pre I did pre grieve because so I knew she she was suffering from really bad dementia and stuff. But when it happened, I was not. I didn't. I didn't. I pre grieved and also switched off a lot of the stuff before that. So yeah, and and if you can do that, great. And but it does hold you back in life. Not that's going to help our viewers. But no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no that's um, what I did. But to let people know, sometimes you do pre grieve, um, and it hits you before someone's even gone or before anything's even happened. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean a lot of people think that if if you're not grieving or if you if you don't go through that grieving process, it means you don't care. No, that's not what it means. Uh, what it means is you're 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 not making it about you. A lot of grief is, as I say, fight and flight, and that means we've made it about us. So if you listen to anyone's language or listen to your own language after that 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 few weeks or few months period, you'll be saying things like, "How can I cope? I can't go on anymore. I miss I, I miss I. They're all I I stand. They're all yeah. about you, not the person who's gone." Uh, I actually heard this on a TV once a few, a few years back now. A mum had gone away, ran away and her daughter was really worried because her mum needed medication. And the daughter was being interviewed and she's going, Mum, please come back. I need you. Mum, I can't do this without you. It was all about her. It wasn't about her mum at all. The language wasn't about her mum. And 
she wasn't doing that on purpose, but unconsciously, she was in fight and flight about how she was going to survive in her life. And the sad truth is that grief is a natural, normal part of life. And you should take it as a natural, normal part of life. Yes, in the first few weeks, you Grieve the person, don't grieve yourself. Exactly. Very good. Great way of saying yeah, it. Grieve you... the person. Not If you grieve the person, it will drop out naturally. Yes. When you're still running, you're actually grieving for yourself. Yeah. And I know maybe that may be very And that's why it's hard to let go. To it is. That's <laughs> it's right. Quite, it's, it's, about to, it's about you. It's about you. And while you're still you. alive and you're still running, you're going to keep right. grieving. You're going to keep yourself trapped All in my them. grief was about my dad was about me. All yeah. the grief I had with the relationship was about me. I'm not good enough. Uh, I, uh, I I can't live without her. Oh, she's yeah. my soulmate. My yeah. dad was... Um, uh, 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 I wasn't good enough as a son. Uh, I can't cope without him. Yeah. I need him to do this and that. What happens if this happens and he's not there Exactly. To <laughs> yeah, all of those things. <laughs> yeah. But they were all about me. Yeah, and, and most grief that is there for a long time is about that. So I'll give you a, a prime example of this, of a lady that I treated... Um, she had to give her, her I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before but she had to let go of her dog the dog didn't die but it didn't work within the family and she had to give it away to someone else and she she really struggled with this she was really grieving she loved this dog and the only reason she had to give it away because it didn't get on well with men and there were two men in the family so they tried everything but in the end she had to give the dog away and I bumped into her up the field several times where I used to live walking the dogs and she would tell me the story over and over again. And I, I don't interfere. I don't say to people, would you like to let go of things? I won't come to me. But this lady did this three times to me, and I, I never bumped into her before or afterwards. Yeah. So I knew there was a reason for this. So I just The universe said, oh, working in its it, magical it, ways again? It was, yeah. And it always does. It always works. Yeah, it always works. Nice. And I said, would you like to let go? And she said, oh, God, yes. And it took me... How long do you think it took me, Steve, to let go of her grief? I'm going to say, haven't we spoke about this person already on two other podcasts? Uh, I don't know. We spoke about the law of attraction training. That's when I spoke about it. Oh, okay. I think we actually, I think we've also might have talked about it. I'm going to have possible. a stab. I'm going to probably say about 20 minutes. I would imagine. Five minutes. Oh, wow. If that. If that. It so that should trump my 19 it, minutes. It, 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 trauma it, then, yeah, it? It, was, it, was, it was probably <laughs> Damn. Near, it was probably near about 30 seconds. Really? Because all it was was one guilt mm. and the rest was a couple of questions. It was one guilt that she had to let the, the, the dog go. And as soon as I released the guilt, the grief went, and she was then able to do what she wanted to do but couldn't. She was then able to go back home, call the owner who she'd given the dog to and find out the dog was okay, which he was, and she was then able to go and buy another dog to keep the other dog they had already owned company. But she was blocked from doing that moving forwards in her life because she felt so guilty. Yeah. She thought she was grieving. No, she was actually feeling guilty. guilty. So, so, I mean... It's a really, really, really great point, and you know, and I think a lot of people don't see that because they, the, it's the guilt feelings are the same as grief feelings. They're very, very similar, and they feel very similar. So you still think you're grieving, but actually not. Yes. And so you know, and also the guilt lies underneath the anger. Yeah. It lies underneath yeah, the does, yeah. the uh, the other five things that counselors say you go through. The guilt's underneath those things, so you yeah. don't see them. Yeah. You might see the anger. You might see the denial, yeah. but. Well, you can't see the nose, you're denying it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but, but... I didn't see that. I, know, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> but the, the guilt is underneath those things, yeah. and it's, sometimes it's really subtle, you don't know it's, it's, well, it's not it, always as obvious as people make the it The other out. thing as well that's as well, which we haven't covered, is that alone feeling, because sometimes, you know, when you have somebody that's really close to you, or, you know, if you, had a, if you, if you and your little dog, sometimes that can be triggered as well. And so, you know, that feeling of being alone, which is, uh, which is you know, which is the 
the driver of most depressions and stuff. And but the alone feeling is is is, one, is the biggest driver of depression. It's the yeah. biggest emotion under everything that, that drives depression yeah, and, and multiple multiple other problems. Yeah. But yes, with grief, especially if a loved one dies, yeah, or, or a relationship breaks up, uh, you then feel alone. And you then question, am I ever going to be with someone again? You know, how am I going to live without this person? But that actually comes from an alone feeling. Yeah. That comes from you feeling not lonely, alone. I want to distinguish the difference. So there's a difference between being alone and lonely. Lonely means you have no friends. Alone means there is no one and nothing. There's a big difference. Yeah. And that is the worst thing. You can make friends. You can go and meet people. Uh one, you know, if you've got blocks that they can be cleared, but you yes. can do that. But the alone feeling is the worst feeling that can possibly be there. And once you find that and switch that off, then then you can heal and move forward. And actually, there was an article on Facebook uh, about one of the reasons, and uh, they're, they're kind of fairly accurate with this, one of the reasons that men are, are in their later life going to depression is because they feel alone. Because men do not... Um, socialise like women do they don't make friends like women do and women can have lots of friends and so they don't feel as lonely but women can still feel alone so you can have hundreds of friends and still feel alone yeah. you could have two or three really great friends and still feel alone but yes. you're not necessarily lonely it's the alone feeling that's the problem and a lot of men do have that alone feeling because of the way we operate the way we are and the way we function in life and also the way that we deal with our own problems and the way we because we don't, because ultimately we know, and we've discussed this in other podcasts, is we try and solve our problem from the problem, and then think that wonder why we can't solve them, and then we start making up all this stuff about ourselves that we're not good enough, or there's something wrong with us, or we're crazy, or we're mad, and then that leads to other things, and so that keep makes us feel a little bit, you know, damage your pride or your, your, you know, how proud you are or your ego or the rest of it, and it can make you feel alone and and, and stops you from wanting to to be with other people out of inferiority and insecurity. Well, the, yes, and the. Most- alone feeling with men is that we go inside our heads to work it out yeah. and when we go into our heads to work it out we're even more alone and that drives everything you just said Yes, but it comes from going into the head to try and solve it yourself because we're the man and we're supposed to do it but men do that with grief as well Yeah, and they can actually get stuck with the grief and it can cause a depression because they've gone into their head to try and resolve it and go well this makes no sense it's not logical what am I doing why am I doing this yeah. and they keep analysing and analysing it and that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to analyse what's wrong with you. Uh, doing that, you end up spinning yourself in circles or you go, oh, well, I know what's causing it, that's it. And then you're stuck with it because you can't change it. Yeah. Because what you've come up with doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. You're ju- you just, you've got an answer for why it's there. And it's the same thing with grief. We do the same thing with grief. We go, well, I know why, because this person's passed. Great. No, it's not. I know why, because I'm angry because this shouldn't have happened. I know why, because the hospital didn't catch it in time. That's why I'm still grieving. Yeah. Uh, and that's very common as well, you know. Uh, it, yeah, but that's it, just what I said in the last podcast, is people make shit up, believe the shit that they've made up, and then behave accordingly to it, and then wonder why their problem isn't solved. That's right, yeah. We, we, we make the stuff up in our head. We're, we're, we're trying to find the answers, because we want answers. As human beings, we're kind of trained to find the answer. And unfortunately, that's a really bad way of doing it. Um, if we could just let go, yeah. uh, that would be much easier. But we are trained to find answers and do puzzles. And all our lives, we're designed to solve problem puzzles. Problem solving. We solve problems. That yeah. we're in school, we're constantly being taught yes. to solve problems. So we think we can do the same thing with the mind and our emotions. It doesn't work with the mind and the emotions. Yeah. It's great for puzzles. It's great for Sudoku. It's great for the crossword. Yeah. Your mind and emotions are not a puzzle. They are not a game. Do not try and treat them like a puzzle again. You will come unstuck. Yes. Um, well, as you well know, there's two parts of the brain. Obviously, there's the logical part of the brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
and our, and our emotions, our feelings. So if you're trying to, and they're two different parts of the brain with two different operating systems. One's we're using language and logic, and the other one's using feelings and emotions. So if you're trying to work, if you're trying to use your logic to fix your emotions, or you're trying to use your emotions to fix your logic, uh, that's where you're going to come massively unstuck because that's a square peg in a round hole, and you can bang that all day long, and it's not going to happen because no. logically, the logical part of the brain cannot solve the emotional part of the brain, and vice versa. And unfortunately, we're not taught that. We're not told that. And when you actually understand that and know that, that then allowed you to say, well, there's no point in even thinking about it. Yeah. There's no point in even thinking about it because I'm, I'm not even going to come up with the answer and I'm never going to know the answer because they're two disparate systems in your mind. Yeah, that's right. And, and as Steve said, that you can't solve it with either one of those things. Um, Einstein said you can't solve a problem with the same thing that created it. Yeah. So if, you, if your thoughts create a problem, you can't solve the problem with your thoughts. Uh, so what we do with DTO is we don't we don't try to analyse the problem, solve it, we just switch it off. Yes. And all you need to know with grief, there's only one thing you need to know with grief. If you're running it for longer than three months, you are in fight and flight, and there's a guilt or a shame in the way or an alone feeling somewhere. Yeah. And by finding that and using DTO to switch it off, or the multiple ones, because it can be multiple alone or, or, or guilt. They generally that, are. And they generally are. Yeah. Then switch those off and your grief will lift and you'll move forwards. Yeah. The one thing that will hold you back, the one thing that's going to stop you from releasing that grief is, as we said earlier on, the belief that you should be grieving, that you shouldn't let go of it. And the other belief that often kicks in is, well, if I let go of this, I'm going to let go of the person. Yeah. I'm not going to remember them anymore. And they, we hold the grief because we want to remember the person. And that's not true. What actually happens is, you holding the grief actually separates you from the person. Yes. And all you remember is the negatives. You can't remember the positive times. Once you let go of the grief, you remember all of the positives, you remember all of the great times, and you can move on and be happy and start living your life again. Yeah, so I mean, as a, just as an exercise for anybody that's listening, and, it's, and if you are experiencing uh, grief, where you know our thoughts, our thoughts go out to you, and you get our support, you know, mentally and emotionally and spiritually. But if it was just to shut your eyes and think about the situation of the person you lost, and just just basically get in touch with that feeling that you're experiencing, and just ask yourself that simple question: Is it feeling? Is it a feeling of guilt? Is it a feeling of shame? Or is it an alone feeling? And then if you have those running then you know it's not grief it's one of those things and then you can reach out to uh, one of the DTO experts or someone or an experienced therapist who can switch that off for you now you'll no longer be grieving or what you perceive to be grieving yes exactly and and sometimes the first emotion that pops up might be anger and the the guilt might be underneath the anger yeah so if you can't find it if you come up with anger or fear or something else the guilt or the shame will be hiding underneath it and in which case then you will need an experienced practitioner to help you work through that. Yes. But in any any time I've ever worked with grief, and I say I've been doing it for 20 years, uh, it's it's never what people think it is. And it holds so many people back and causes so many problems, so many illnesses and pain, and you don't have to live that way. And what's really tragic is it just stops you ultimately living your life and being who you really are. And you don't need to do that. And I said it, it held me back for a few months. So I do understand. And no, we, you know, we are... We totally understand if you're grieving. We're sorry if you've lost someone or had a breakup. We're not trying to make light of that. It is a very sad time. But if you're holding it for a long period of time, you're not being you. And all we want you to do is be you. Yeah. All we want is you to be happy, move on, and enjoy your life. And that's all your loved one would want to. Uh, and anyone who genuinely loves you in your life. So if you are suffering grief, please don't continue to do so. Uh, uh, please uh, take what we've said and, and understand what we've said and 
and recognize that you're not grieving anymore, you're, you're in fight and flight and you're just feeling guilty about something. And if you can understand that and get that into your system, then you can start to move forwards and you can start to heal. Great. So I think that's brilliant. So we're going to, I think we'll probably wrap up there. I think you've covered it in great detail. And as always, Jonathan uh, has given us a great understanding of what's really going on with, uh, for people that uh, are going through grief or not going through grief or, or whatever is currently, whatever your problem is with regarding to losing someone or in a relationship. So, so, uh, so like I said, we're going to probably finish up for today. Um, we're going to probably do another podcast which we spoke about, which was about illness and disease. And I don't know if you want to go there or whether you want to do the Law of Attraction follow-up. I mean, I, don't I think know. we'll do the illness and disease next time. And yeah. then we're, we're very excited to do uh, Law of Attraction Part 2. Law of Attraction Part 2, uh, because yes. Because it's very popular. We've been uh, uh, getting requests to do more <laughs> no, yeah. uh, on Law of Attraction. And we, yeah. I, again, I had no idea it was so popular. So we are going to do a Law of Attraction Part 2, yeah. The Revenge. The revenge. This time it's back for good. Yes. Um, and it's starring Rambo and no. Um, it's, but yeah, we will do an attraction part two. But next week we're going to cover uh, illness and disease. Yeah, great. Okay, so so uh, that'll be a good one. Um, like I said to you, said last week, I think it'll be something I'll be interested in because it's you know it's fasc- it's a fascinating subject. And knowing what I know, what you do, and knowing what I know, uh, there's so much to it, and there's so many myths around illness and diseases. And I think it might actually challenge a few people's belief systems. But it probably you know, will. Yes, you that's... know. So, but anyway, so if you're interested in uh, reaching out and you've got a problem that you need to be solved, or you're depressed, uh, suffering from depression, anxiety, you're suffering post PTSD or trauma, or if you've generally got chronic pain or, or illness issues, uh, you can contact myself on uh, healingthemind.co.uk, um, and you can also reach out to Jonathan on decodingpain.com. And so uh, we're going to probably leave it there. Um, if you want to email us, by the way, you can email insideoutaffect at gmail.com where we will pick up your uh, email and get back to you in confidence. And like we said last week, if there's a specific subject that you would like us to, uh, to cover um, that's not, not that's normal or an issue that you're dealing with that, or, that, or you're put, what's the word I'm looking for, that you're currently running uh, but need some help with it, then please uh, email in to us or uh, reply on the YouTube video and let us know. Yeah. And then we can uh, maybe cover that. So, so anything else you want to say before we leave, my friend? No, that's it. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. And thank you to everyone who has reached out to us through these podcasts and expressed their their um, their love of what we're talking about and what we're doing. We really appreciate that, and we we're glad we that sharing information is helping a lot of people and helping them to understand and giving them the, the confidence to reach out and know it can be solved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are reaching out from us and because we can give them a solution and we can and literally remove the problem and help them with the problem they're dealing with. So anyway, so it's goodbye from me. I will see you next week on the Inside Out Effect podcast. So tell off for now. And Jonathan? Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Have a great week. Ta-da.